Listening Dog Media. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The Offside Rule. We get it. With Lindsay Hooper and Kate Borsay. Hello. It's the Offside Rule podcast number 22. Two little ducks. It's a special one because we've got a special guest today. Uh, you can download the Offside Rule podcast at Offside Rule Pod is our Twitter account. We're on Facebook and you can listen via SoundCloud and iTunes out every Thursday. Uh, Kate Borsay joins me as usual. Hello, Kate. Hello, her. I didn't know that you talk bingo, by the way. Oh, yeah. Um, I used to play bingo with my granddad when I was younger. And um, legs 11, I'm across all of them. <laughs> Two fat ladies. <laughs> Top of the shop, number 90. <laughs> Uh, speaking of 90, a 90th minute goal uh, mm. at the weekend, but this was England versus Canada. Joining us today, Rachel Yankee. Rachel, I'm so pleased that you're joining us for this podcast because you are now the most capped senior England player. You equaled Peter Shilton's record at the weekend with your appearance in that game. I know, it was a bit mad. It wasn't the, the best of games for my uh, 125th uh, game. You know, we didn't play as well as we could have, but um, yeah, fantastic. I, I'm, I'm still shocked, you know, at the achievement, to be honest. I wanted to ask you about this with Caps. Are you pleased that someone else keeps count? Because I'm guessing that yeah. you wouldn't be able to. <laughs> yeah, no, I um, yeah, no, I get told. <laughs> uh, thanks for coming in today. I wanted to also ask you about your career generally. I mean, when you started out, did you think the women's game would come to the point that it is now? I mean, we're going to start looking ahead to the new WSL season with a bit of a chat in a while. Um, did you think it would get to the dizzying heights that it did this summer, certainly with the Great Britain squad in the Olympics? Um, no, never. I mean, obviously, you know, I started out and there was probably sort of one person and the dog sort of watching us <laughs> in a field. Um, and now to think that the Olympics uh, team, had, you know, playing against Brazil had, uh, you know, 70,000 people at Wembley all paying money to come and watch uh, women's football. I'm, I'm astonished. I think you are like sort of one of those privileged players that will see the 
difference in the game because of when you started out and when you ultimately, I suppose, will finish your career, you'll have seen a lot happen. It's like our grandparents' generation <laughs> with, with the whole society, you know, seeing us going from like pre-war Britain into this. I feel like it's that with, with you with football. Yeah, I uh, find myself saying to the younger players, in my day, <laughs> no, it is. I mean, I've, I've been through everything and seen different things and, um, you know, I can see how far the game's grown and, and it's really good. Hopefully we need to keep building on that. It's the first time that we've been joined here in our little podcast studio by someone who is an MBE. So I feel incredibly privileged. I almost went to curtsy as I came into the room, Rachel. You got that back in, what, 2005, 2006, was it? Yeah. Tell us why you got that. Just uh, would obviously be one of the, one of the highlights of your career. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, I was uh, I was sent a letter to Arsenal, uh, but it had previously gone to, to Birmingham, who I, who I was playing for in 2005. Um, and obviously I'd, I'd moved to Arsenal. The letter had been sent down but Birmingham, someone at Birmingham had opened it um, so um, I know <laughs> so it, it was in a normal envelope so I thought in the, sitting in the Arsenal changing room reading this letter <laughs> one of these girls is winding me up <laughs> so um, I looked around no one was no one was biting so I thought are oh, they good but I didn't believe it but no I, I got awarded for uh, services to football so um, you know fantastic and you know I, uh, I feel you know deeply honoured for that and you're going to surpass fingers crossed um, Peter Shilton's record um, you've got a friendly coming up in um, June and then of course you've got the European Championships in Sweden in July so you're going to make history, basically, aren't you? <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. Um, you know, hopefully, uh, touch wood, I'll stay um, stay fit and healthy and, um, you know, make the next game and, and play in that and make the squad for the Euros. Now, I know that you were watching the Man United-Man City game last night because we had a quick chat on the way in. What did you make of that? Um, yeah, no, it was good. Um, you know, um, uh, I, well, I, don't, I obviously support Arsenal, so I didn't really mind who won. <laughs> um, but no, um, you know, a big Van Persie fan, so uh, I wanted him to get a goal, unfortunately, didn't but no it was it was a good game to Aguero what I mean what a goal that was just to finish it off we had some great goals this week actually but I think it's it's a good point to say that this podcast is all about football so we will have a couple of topics coming up in the men's game we'll also talk about the FAWSL so to give people a teaser of what's coming up uh, we are going to for our final topic have a little bit of a light-hearted chat about pinch me I must be dreaming <laughs> things that happen in football matches that you don't expect and this all comes off the back of I was reporting at the weekend on a very dull nil-nil draw but it was Crystal Palace versus Barnsley and Barnsley turned up in a kit that matched Crystal Palace which meant that the referee forced them to play in Crystal Palace's away kit having to wear the opposition's badge would you like that? (laughs) No way (laughs) no way I just can't believe that anyone would turn up in the kit matching the other team you you would know I can't believe uh, yeah kit man's gonna get a bit of a earful there (laughs) I was yeah I was rubbing my eyes and it was a very stripey stroby distraction when I was reporting I have to say but it made me think let's think of other things that have happened I'm sure you've got some that's happened in your career and I know that Kate Borsay has been looking up some fantastic (laughs) stories for us Um, also I just wanted to say we'll have the non-league roundup as usual with Faker Others we'll be talking Syria with Michelle Lissell Um, we're talking about the new season dawning for the WSL but we're going to start off with our topic number one this week the outsider who's impressed did either of you have a flutter on the Grand National at the weekend I was in a sweepstake. I spent the whole weekend on my sister's Hendu, and uh, I must admit, I still feel slightly the worse, the worse for wear now. I'm struggling. Um, but we did a big sweepstake together, and I had two horses. Neither finished. One was T for three, which nearly did it. Yeah. Um, but no idea what happened to the other one. I was still in a haze. <laughs> 
<laughs> Rachel? Um, yeah, we had a, a sweepstake. Um, we were obviously in camp at England, but we had a sweepstake there and, and everyone was very jealous when I pulled out Seabass. But uh, yeah, yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I had Kappa Blue, which came in runner-up, so I got my money back effectively. But it was a big outsider that won, which has inspired the topic. It was uh, Aurora's uncle, um, trained by Sue Smith, who won the Grand National. And it got us thinking about players in the Premier League who at the start of this season we didn't expect to be regular features at their clubs so not regular starting 11s but have now turned into just that at the start of the season they may be bought in as a periphery squad player so I'm going to try and get you thinking of this but they've managed to shine and work their way into the first team so from the Premier League can you both choose two examples of players who've managed to do just that I'm going to start with Kate Borsay well I'm going to go for a pretty obvious one to start with but he's uh, definitely worth a mention and that's Michu what a master stroke of a signing there for Swansea um, it's hard to believe isn't it that they picked him up for two million quid and he's adjusted to the Premier League so well and I think that's what's impressed me more than anything else of course when he arrived from Rio Vallecano no one really knew how much of a part he was going to have to play but he's just been outstanding you know he's got loads of composure on the ball he's so skillful as well um, and he you know unlike some Spanish players who've come over has just as I said adapted so well to the Premier League very very strong you know physically technically very very good very very strong um, the timing of his runs is brilliant he's scored uh, 17 goals in 30 league appearances and the furore around him might have might have slowed down a bit I mean certainly the first three months of the season we were all absolutely raving about him but he has consistently done it um, throughout the season so he would be um, one of my picks Michu uh, the other one I'm going to mention is a goalkeeper now this isn't out and out one, one of the best goalies in the Premier League although his stats aren't that bad at all in fact they're, they're fairly respectable but I've chosen Brad Guzan from Aston Villa because um, actually Villa told him that they wouldn't be renewing his contract back in June last year so to all intents and purposes he was not going to be in that squad and he was going to be heading somewhere else anyway there was a change of mind um, and he was brought back into the squad and perhaps one of the biggest calls that Paul Lambert made was to sideline Shea Given who is a goalkeeper of huge skill reputation has got a massive record behind him perhaps one of Lambert's biggest calls was to sideline Given and put Guzan in his place and what a great decision that was. Just to give you a couple of stats um, on Guzan, this season he's made more saves than any other Premier League keeper. Last season he played in six games uh, in the Premier League. This season he's played in 30 games and made 107 saves. And so that's more than any other keeper. So that's um, that's absolutely brilliant. And, and yet still Aston Villa are languishing down the bottom. <laughs> now this is the only downside, Lindsay Hooper, of course, is that Aston Villa, although you can have a bit of a pop at Villa, but I know who one of your picks is so you can continue to, to pop away but it'll be egg on your face in about five minutes time and what's good about him of course is the majority of the Villa side are an inexperienced side so he's been playing behind a relatively inexperienced back four last campaign given Shea Given caught 36 crosses and punched away another 11 in the entire of last season. In this campaign, Guzan has punched 25 and caught an astonishing 85. Wow. Uh, now, Rachel Yankee next. And Rachel says that she's an Arsenal fan, but I know that both of her choices are Man United. Suspicious. <laughs> are, you, are you a secret? No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm going to change him now. <laughs> um, no, I, I just think, you know, go for 
for youngsters and, and Phil Jones has been absolutely amazing um, you know he's brought in by Man United for um, for the future and he's he's stake a claim and uh, you know you can't knock him he's played in all the important games and uh, he's been massive for them and he was he was tremendous last night as well uh, Maybe one that you didn't think that you would see as a regular starter on the team sheet I know that Sir Alex rotates a bit more but you, you were surprised at how often he has managed yeah. to get into that starting lineup. And, and in different positions as well. Yes. Um, you know, he's played at centre-back, he's played in midfield, he's played as, as, a, as a man marker. So, you know, he's, he's definitely important for that team. And who's uh, your other... Uh, no, I'm going to change it now because, you, you know, <laughs> unfortunately I can't think of anyone Arsenal. <laughs> um, I'm actually going to go with um, with a Liverpool youngster, uh, Raheem Sterling. Yay! Um, you yeah. are a lady after my own. <laughs> Liverpool player. Uh, well, actually, Raheem Sterling, I, I used to work in uh, one of his primary schools. Wow. So um, I, I'm i not going to say I taught him anything, but I used to um, coach him PE uh, when he was about eight years old. So, yeah, it's amazing. And I feel, um, you know, a little bit bit starstruck when I see him up there and they're proud um, that he's he's gone on to, to play for Liverpool and you know I don't think anyone would have thought that he would have been starting for Liverpool as many games as he has done this season and he's been absolutely fantastic so yes very proud of him. <laughs> <laughs> Good choice and you kept the Gunners faithful happy there. <laughs> um, I'm going with a Swansea player to begin with in fact I'm going Swansea Aston Villa just like Kate Borsay. Uh, I'm going to go with a left back Ben Davis at Swansea and I think Arguably this season, he's been up there rivaling Patrice Evra, Leighton Baines as one of the best in the entire league. Uh, Davis came into the Swansea first team because of an injury to Neil Taylor, who got sidelined. He's now the number one choice. You can't go ahead of him now in the in the starting lineup. Um, only 19 years old as well, so a very bright future ahead. His first team debut was against West Ham back in the end of August. Um, and then he signed a new three and a half year contract later on this year. So what a turnaround in his fortunes and certainly a stalwart of the side. Um, the other is an Aston Villa player, actually, Kate Borsay. <laughs> 22 years old. It's Christian Benteke, striker. I, I've been so impressed with him. And coming from Belgium, I mean, they paid £7 million for him. So I did expect him to play, but I didn't expect him to score as many goals as he scored. And I didn't expect him to be such a regular feature. And without the goals and Guzan saves, where would Villa be? I mean, 15 goals for Aston Villa this season. He gets around 3.2 shots on target per game. Uh, he's got Chelsea eyeing him up. Spurs have been in there for him. He's displaced Darren Bent because who knew at the start of the season that Darren Bent wouldn't be playing and Ben Teke is the man that everyone's talking about. And the other thing I wanted to mention is coming from Belgium, often you get European players that come to the Premier League that struggle to settle in, but straight away he's found his scoring boots and found his feet. So he was my other choice. Hi, this is Kirsty Gallagher and I love the Offside Rule podcast. Topic number two is the new WSL season. A new season dawns and it starts this weekend. Uh, with you joining us, Rachel, I wanted to look ahead at the talent in the league set to impress this season. I'd like each of you to pick a position and then give me an example of a good experienced player in that position within the league and a good youth player coming through. So two players effectively to watch this season. I'm going to start with Kate once more. OK, well, I'm going to start with the position of forward. I'd, I did kind of um, angst over this a little bit because when I was looking at kind of where a lot of the WSL teams are very strong, the midfield, you know, it's, it's almost, and I could be making completely the wrong comparison here, but obviously Spain famously fielded a side at Euro 2012 without anyone in the forward position you know they effectively yeah. made everyone a midfielder Are you suggesting this to hope <laughs> <laughs> 
Rachel isn't going to be happy. <laughs> I've got a little document for Rachel to uh, give to Hope with a couple of pie charts on it. Um, it's no coincidence, I think, when we're looking at the future of women's football too. There are so many gifted midfield players out there at the moment. So many strong contenders for that position. And because there are so many strong contenders, it sets the bar higher. And so you'll find that um, a lot of the goals in the WSL do come from the midfield positions because it's so richly talented. But I... Yet you've picked a striker. Yes. (laughs) To be controversial. Anyway, someone who you may know, uh, Rachel, Melissa Lawley. She started out with Arsenal Ladies where she um, played a few games for them. She she got some Champions League experience too. Um, She then joined Bristol Academy um, last season and has now gone to Birmingham Ladies. I think she's a good one to watch. She has progressed through the England ranks, uh, the under 15s, 17s, 19s. And I think this season is the season where we'll get to see what she's made of. You know, notably, Eni Aluko and Jodie Taylor, both forwards at Birmingham, have now gone to other places. Obviously, Eni's gone to Chelsea. Uh, Jodie Taylor's gone abroad, I think. And so here is an opportunity for Melissa Lawley to really show us what she's made of. So in terms of up and coming, um, a good youth player to look for, uh, Melissa Lawley. She's quite versatile. She can uh, play on either wing as well. Quite pacey. Quite a mature player as well. She uh, started in the Super League at uh, 18 years of old and, and kind of stepped up to it really, really well. So she's one for me to watch. And the experience in that position, well, this is really a bit of a tribute to Kelly Smith because you can't mention women's football without mentioning Kelly and, of course, another one of Rachel's teammates. In fact, I'm just sucking up to Arsenal in this podcast, aren't I, by all accounts? And one of the reasons for me choosing Kelly really was that, um, you know, she is in the twilight of her career. We don't know how many more seasons we're going to see her play in the WSL. She's accumulated over 100 caps um, for England. She made a debut back in 1995. Of course, she was part of the squad um, for Great Britain at the 2012 Olympics. She's got so many, but like yourself, Rachel, she's got so many titles, FA Cup League titles. Of course, you guys won the UEFA Cup. The treble year, love that year. And the quadruple year as well, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, Kelly's great because she is an example of how skillful um, women's football can be and how Great Britain, England can make a play to be one of the world's leading football nations, I think. And it began with people like Kelly, who got so much experience abroad, you know, was able to handle her own over in the States, as you did, you know, Rachel in the W League as well. She's had her own problems. She's had quite a lot of injury woes. I know you've interviewed her a couple of times, uh, Lindsay, and it's well documented. Yeah, actually, this week, just gone when we filmed the start of the, the new WSL season, we've done a preview show which goes out on ESPN this week, which this will be afterwards, so hopefully you watched it. Um, <laughs> and I spoke to Kelly and she said she's had another knock and she was, she was hobbling a little bit. She gets over them, but yeah. she said each time she gets a knock, it's more difficult every time. I think that's probably the twilight of your career. It's how it's mm. how it is. Well, she's 34 now. And as I said, it's well documented um, how she's suffered with um, alcohol issues and depression in the past as well. But boy, is she resilient. And that's testament to her getting over all these injury woes. Um, and she's one to watch for me, because if you want a good example of experience and someone who has helped to define women's football in England for what it is today, then I would certainly, certainly keep your eye on Kelly Smith. Yeah, we put her alongside you, Rachel. Uh, <laughs> she, she's down in the caps order, though, isn't she? That's what Rachel's yeah, yeah, thinking. <laughs> um, so on to your pick. First of all, the position you've gone for. I'm interested what you would go for. Um, I've actually gone for wide midfielders because they're the best, you know. They work the hardest. <laughs> so um, I think for me, um, as an experienced player, um, Karen Carney, yes. I think she's sort of coming into... 
um, her prime. She's, uh, you know, got the knowledge of how to play that position and also can play in different positions, um, like you say, another strong midfielder um, or can play, you know, behind the striker or, or up front. So... Um, for me, I think, you know, she she's definitely one to watch for Birmingham. But for a youngster coming through Nikita Paris that plays for yeah. Everton, I don't know if you saw the game against Liverpool, which was live on ESPN, which is, uh, you know, she was fantastic in that game and, and definitely one that will threaten and um, will look sharp and, and actually scare other teams. So I think she's going to be definitely one to watch uh, for the future. Well, just to make you blush, um, <laughs> I've got... <laughs> I have, I have. Lindsay Hooper, you big sucker. <laughs> I've gone for a left winger. <laughs> so I, I wonder who that is. I don't know any good ones. <laughs> I've gone for a 125-cap player. Uh, Rachel, the reason why I've gone for you in the experience role, because it just screamed volumes to me. I mean, if you're going for consistency, season upon season, you are the girl to go for. Um, in terms of trophies and silverware that you've got as well. And the thing that was an interesting comparison, I wanted to ask you about this. In comparison to Kelly, I don't know whether you think it's the position, but I mean, out on the wing, you're just as viable to tackles. You seem to have actually been quite good with injuries. Yeah, I can jump very high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I've, I've been all right. You know, I've had my sort of fair share of knocks and uh, people uh, trying to just take me out all the time. But um, yeah, no, I, I've been quite lucky and I've sort of stayed uh, fitter and healthier than, than most of the other people that are my age. So, um, you know, hopefully, I don't know, good genes maybe. Thanks, <laughs> thanks to the parents. <laughs> well, I don't think I need to fill people in too much on what you do. <laughs> I think people know who you are and what you've achieved. But who's the player that I've picked out that's hot on your heels? Um, I've gone for an England under-23 player, Demi Stokes, who's at Sunderland. Um, She's played in the FA Women's Cup final, which is what brought her to my attention. I thought she had an amazing game that game. And I think she potentially is someone that could maybe fill your shoes. They're big shoes to fill. Uh, what are your thoughts on that choice? Um, it's funny you say that because um, when Jordan uh, joined uh, joined Arsenal, she just went, you remind me of Demi. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> so, um, yeah, she said everything. We're very similar in our, our mannerisms and, and the way we play. So, um, so yeah, I don't mind. It's just uh, she needs to hurry up a little bit. <laughs> She can be the new Rachel Yankee. Uh, we're going to take a little interlude now and catch up on all things non-league with Faye Carruthers. And hello, Faye. The non-league roundup. Thanks very much, ladies. There's been a change at the top of the Blue Square Bet Premier table. Mansfield Town sit in the automatic playoff spot after beating Macclesfield 3-1. They're now two points clear of Kidderminster as I record this. Kidderminster play on Saturday, but Mansfield have two games in hand over them. Wrexham closed the gap on second to eight points after beating Cambridge 1-0. Newport's still in the playoff places. They beat Braintree 1-0, so stay a point behind Wrexham in fourth place. Grimsby just behind them on 76 points after beating Dartford 2-1. The top five have isolated themselves somewhat. There is a 10-point gap now between 5th and 6th. Hereford are the closest challengers after a 1-0 win against fellow promotion chasers Forest Green, who they leapfrog. Both sides still have an outside chance of making the playoffs, but it's looking less and less likely. Finally, I can talk about a win for Luton. They beat Lincoln 3-0. Thrashed 5-1 away to Gateshead at the weekend, mind you. Manager John still opting to go on a scouting mission rather than going up for that game. 
game. Uh, that prompted criticism from some fans, but he insists it was necessary to build for next season. So after four winless matches before that drubbing, it looks like it is all about next season now for the Hatters. Lincoln are struggling, though. They're just a point off relegation as it stands. As a Gateshead, who lost 2-0 to Nuneaton despite that 5-1 win over Luton. Elsewhere, Alfreton beat Barrow 4-0 and Hyde beat Ebbsfleet by a goal to nil. Now, I know you're just about to do a pinch me, I must be dreaming chat. So I wanted to mention a game back in the 2008-2009 season. Luton were in League Two, so technically it's not a non-league example, but it was funny nonetheless. And Luton won 3-1, so it's nice to talk about us in glowing terms for a change. Uh, We were playing Aldershot at Kenilworth Road and in the 19th minute, Keith Keane smashed a free kick straight into the advertising hoardings just above the goal at the Oak Road end. He hit it with such force, though, that it knocked down part of the advertising hoardings. So there was this massive piece of wood precariously dangling down above the goal, looking as if it could fall off at any minute. So the referee had to stop the game. This man then just emerged from the tunnel with his ladder to try and take it off. It took eight minutes to fix. I'd gone to the game with my old talk sport producer, who's a shots fan, and uh, said to him afterwards, only at Kenilworth Road does our ground manage to fall apart even more than it already has done. Both sets of fans found it very amusing. And the Aldershot fans were even singing at one point, Luton Town is falling down. Anyway, I look forward to hearing your stories, ladies. I will be back next week for another non-league roundup. Hi, I'm Paul Merson and you're listening to the Offside Rule podcast. Thank you very much, Faye, for our non-league roundup. On to topic three, and it's pinch me, I must be dreaming. So at the weekend, I was reporting on Crystal Palace versus Barnsley. Barnsley forced to play in Palace's away kit. I took a photo, put it on Twitter. It got loads of retweets. Um, So I've asked you both to choose two examples where strange things have happened in football that maybe got you rubbing your eyes in disbelief or disrupted a match. Um, I think we'll start with Rachel on this one because you're the experienced player. You must have seen things with your very own eyes. Well, in our own match, I think it was in the Cyprus Cup um, or the Algarve Cup, there was an England game and just suddenly a dog came on the pitch and we were like, okay. <laughs> but you could tell that people were, found it funny, but then no one wanted to touch the dog because you never know what a dog's going to do. So we just all sort of stood there and, and waited for the owner to come and get the dog off. Where, where it came from, I have no clue. No one pitched in with the tackle then? <laughs> no, no way. Definitely not me. <laughs> um, how much added time? I, I don't know, to be honest. <laughs> I think everyone was just sort of I don't think the game got restarted for a while to be honest because everyone was just in hysterics just thinking where has this dog come from whose dog is this <laughs> um, and have you got another one um, yeah I, I think just from watching men's uh, football and watching uh, Sunderland Liverpool and seeing a beach ball on the pitch <laughs> uh, and the, that being the cause of a goal was just like what is going on <laughs> that certainly did have a lot of people rubbing their eyes in disbelief and I'm sure being a Liverpool fan it has you rubbing your eyes <laughs> Kate. Particularly as we lost the game because of the beach ball. Whoever's idea it was to get those. Because I think it was a sponsored beach ball type oh, thing because there were a few around, weren't there? Just from the depths of my memory, yeah. Whoever came up with the idea for those beach balls, probably someone at Sunderland, of course. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, what have you got? I've got a couple. One is um, one is from my own experience of playing football, which is... <laughs> I should clarify this because I'm sat with 125 cat Rachel Yankee in the room. I'm not that good at football, but, but I do like to have a kickabout and I do try hard. Hard, Rachel, I promise. Hard. She's a trier, is Kate. <laughs> Unlike Lindsay, who's really gobby on the pitch and is generally someone to be feared. And if you don't like tackling, you really wouldn't like playing with Lindsay Hooper. Um, but uh, the first one 
Actually, I watched this on, on, it was a compilation show ages ago, and it just really, really tickled me. Um, back in the day, in fact, I had to look up the air. It was 1972. Liverpool were playing Arsenal. Mm-hmm. And um, it just so happened that the linesman pulled a muscle and couldn't continue. Now, back in those oh, days... Oh, I got this one! No! Uh, well, he pulled a calf muscle, and back in those days, there was no fourth official. What did they do? They put an announcement over the tannoy. Is there anyone here who can step in? <laughs> and quite unsuspectingly, Mr. Jimmy Hill popped up <laughs> and said, I'll do it. <laughs> Could you imagine a TV pundit saying, no, actually, I'll go and get my tracky bottoms on and go and do it, run the line. Um, can we share that one? Yeah, yes, yes. I've got, I've got another one. Well, I've got a general one. Pinch me, I must be dreaming. At the clothing that Premier League footballers decide to wear when they're not on the pitch. Dibriel Cease is one of my favourite fashion horrors. He wears clothes that cannot be computed. Clothes that if you take a photograph of them, it goes blurry because there are too many colour and pattern combinations going on. Footballers' fashion drives me up the wall. <laughs> Who's the England player most likely to pull out a fashion horror? Oh, gosh. Um, well, back in the day, it'd definitely be Sue Smith. <laughs> She's going to hate me. Um, but, yeah, she'd do it every week. <laughs> You'd be like, well, what has Sue got on now? <laughs> well, I've played football with Lindsay a couple of times, and um, and I've got a few football buddies who like to play football, etc. Anyway, um, the story goes, and this isn't my own personal experience, um, but the story goes um, that the girls were having a knockabout. Now, I was playing football when I was pregnant um, up to about four or five months with like a bump band on, which was wicked because no one would go near me. So, Rachel, <laughs> if you don't like tackles, <laughs> just pretend that you're having a baby. No one goes near you. It's great. You can get away with anything you like. Um, and one of the other girls was also pregnant too and having a kickabout, and she was quite, quite kind of heavily pregnant, so this isn't a serious game. She was at one of the local parks in South East London and um, she had to put a stop to the game because she thought her waters had broken. <gasps> had they broken? No, but at that late stage in pregnancy you're basically open to all kinds of incidents and unfortunately this was not a waters breaking incident but one of the other kind. I really hope we don't see that in the WSL this year. <laughs> um, okay, my final one because we've shared one. Um, ball boy scores a goal. Brazil, yeah. 2006. It's a game, oh, you know what, I would choose ones with these sides. Atletico Sorocaba and <laughs> Santa Cruzanense. I've got no idea. My Brazilian isn't very good. But um, let's just call them Sorocaba for the time being. They're leading 1-0. The referee's back is turned. I hate to point this out because it really is inconsequential, but... It was a woman. <laughs> um, she's not doing us any favours in this story. We're not doing any favours for each other in this story because her back was turned. Uh, admittedly, she didn't really have the support of fourth officials and blah, blah, blah. Um, and a ball boy brought a ball onto the pitch, side-footed it into the net, ran off. She turned her back. The ball was in the back of the net. She blew and gave the goal. <laughs> That's great. So that is um, our bizarre disruption on a football pitch. Can't believe we both had Jimmy Hill. Twitter Topic of the Week. Usually we would have Twitter Topic of the Week, but in light of Rachel Yankee being here with us, we decided to abandon Twitter Topic of the Week and do Twitter Question of the Week, um, and they're all for you. So we've got, I've got a sheet here, and we'll just see time depending on what we can get through. So Girls Sport Talk got in touch and said, after getting 125 caps, they'd love to know a career highlight of yours and what you'd do if you didn't play football. Oh, wow. Um... What I'd do if I didn't play football, 
great question. Uh, I don't really know, to be honest. Um, I, I would have liked to uh, worked in schools and been a teacher. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I still do work in schools. I'm, I'm a coach and I work in primary schools. But I would have liked to have been a teacher. Career highlights. Um, I think quadruple year with Arsenal. You know, that was amazing. To be able to do that was just fantastic. And getting my 100th cap uh, with England, playing in that game, walking out as captain, scoring and getting player of the match. Can't really get much better than that, can you? <laughs> think you, you think you ticked all of those off. Um, Manisha Taylor got in touch saying, Rachel has all the qualities of making a great manager. Would you consider doing that after playing? <laughs> Um, nice one, Manisha. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, you know, I enjoy coaching. Um, I enjoy coaching uh, kids at the moment. Um, so, yeah, I think maybe, maybe I'd look into it. I, I obviously need to get qualified a lot higher than what I am, but but possibly. Paige got in touch, and this is a great one. She's going on a scholarship to the USA in August, and she said, do you have any advice, speaking from experience, of the American game to give her? Um, yeah, I think, you know, if you're going on a scholarship, it's something that I was offered when I was a youngster and, and, and turned it down because it just that wasn't for me. Um, but if that's something that you want to do, then, yeah, just, just to go out there and enjoy it, really, and make sure you work hard. Um, I think the American game, slightly different to ours, is they're more based around sort of fitness and, and that sort of style and, and a lot of technical stuff so I think you know to go out there and just enjoy it and learn and, and, and just take advantage of everything that you can have there Matt got in touch Matt Roxborough he's asking about the senior men's teams and whether there's any crossover do they help out with the ladies do you ever do any training I saw the Liverpool squad did recently yeah. they trained together yeah that looked fantastic to be honest um, no with us um, well this pre-season because obviously um, our, our manager um, Laura Harvey moved uh, quite late on to go and manage out in America and in, in Seattle uh, so for us we, we didn't have a manager and we didn't know who it was going to be um, until quite late on. So um, Vic, uh, who's our general manager, Vic Akers, um, asked some of the, the men's team. Uh, we had the assistant fitness coach come down and do fitness with us, uh, Marcus, uh, the, the silent assassin. He'd come in and go, hi, hi, girls, how are you? And we'd be like, yeah, you're right. And he'd be like, run. <laughs> so... Um, but no, he was fantastic. He'd do it all, all, all the running with us and, you know, some of the stuff. Although it was very simple, but it was really effective and it, it was fantastic. And um, Neil Bamford as well, he came down, he, who's obviously works with, you know, the assistant to, to Arsene Wenger, works with Arsene Wenger and Steve Bold. So, um, you know, he came down and took training and it was just amazing to be coached by him um, and, and, you know, just all the tactics. And again, it was just, you know, real simple stuff that he was teaching us. But, you know, he demanded more out of us and, and, and made us, you know, Know, know what it's like to play for Arsenal and brought that standard back into the club. Just two more. We're going on to more serious issues now. Are you ready? Um, Pauline Clinton says, do you have a favourite football team strip? <laughs> oh, well, um, oh gosh, anything Arsenal, really. <laughs> you know, red and white. <laughs> Um, and on a completer side, I don't know whether you're a reader, but Colette Hall obviously loves her book. She said, what's the last book you read? Um, last book I read <laughs> is um, Paul Merson. <laughs> yes, I 
how not to be a professional footballer. I Should I? Miss? Oh, it's hilarious. I love Paul Merson. Um, I've only actually, I'm not, I'm not a massive reader, but I've only really read Ian Wright's book because I love Ian Wright. Uh, I read Gazza's and uh, and Paul Merson. There was a crossover between the Gaza and Paul Merson book oh. and that Russian roulette drinking game. <laughs> if anyone has not read that book, we won't reveal, oh. but they just need to go and read about it. Yeah, it's fantastic. I really enjoyed it. And it's just, um, yeah, I, unfortunately, I could relate to some of the things. Not all of it. I'm not a Paul Merson. But just, um, yeah, some of the fun times he's having, I'm thinking that's that's football back in the day. <laughs> I hope you didn't do what he did in a hotel room. No, no. no, no. <laughs> um, we're going to now pass over to Michelle Lissell. We get a update of all things Syria, so a different global roundup each week. And it's Michelle's turn. Michelle, can you fill us in on all things going on in Italy? We kick off our roundup with the Rome Derby, a massive match for both sides trying to finish top five with just seven weeks to go. Roma captain Francesco Totti leveled with his 12th of the season. With their point, Lazio edge past Inter into fifth. Roma three points behind their city rivals. Inter, meanwhile, imploding at home, allowing a 12-minute hat-trick from Herman Dennis of Atalanta as they lost 4-3. Full points would have vaulted them over Fiorentina into fourth. Oh, and you may want to Google the miss of the season by Andrea Ranocchia in the final moments that would have tied it it's painful. En route to AC Milan's match in Florence, Mario Balotelli was caught smoking in the bathroom on board the train. That is against Italian law and resulted in a club fine. His bad habit, though, hasn't hampered his play. Seven goals in eight games, but was held off the score sheet in their 2-2 draw with the Viola. However, after insulting an official in that match, Balotelli has been suspended for three games. At the time of this recording, no appeal yet launched, but it's expected that will happen and he'll miss just two. No doubt though he will be absent for their home match versus Napoli next week. A win would put them within a point of their second place visitors. Off the pitch in Milan, their interest in QPR as Adelta Rapt isn't going away. The Rossoneri have been linked with the midfielder before, but are only keen to snap him up if QPR are relegated. And yes, that is a very real possibility. Owen Juve, full points again after a win over Pescara. The club has now just given up three goals in their last six. They're nine points clear at the top. That's a wrap from Italy, ladies. Thanks very much, Michelle. Well, that brings episode 22 of the Offside Rule podcast to an end. I'd like to advise you all to keep downloading. We're on SoundCloud. We're on iTunes as well. Go to at Offside Rule Pod on Twitter. Give us a follow. And the Facebook. Kate's the admin person who, like, properly makes sure that I'm across everything. And she's going, yeah, yeah, that's good. You're getting the message across. I love the fact that I'm known as the admin person, which makes me sound really important, doesn't it, Rachel? She's exec producer and admin and basically one woman show. But, but yeah, she does give Would me one a- like a cup of tea? I also do that as well. <laughs> she gives me a look of approval when I give the message across good. So, yeah, get get downloading. Rachel, thank you so much for joining us. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, I did. It's been really fun. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for coming on and good luck as well for the Euros and the new WSL season. Thank you. I hope to see you breaking Peter Shilton's record very, very soon. Fingers crossed. Mm. <laughs> ah, thank you very much. Bye-bye for now. The Offside Rule. We get it. With Lindsay Hooper, Hayley McQueen and Cade Borsay. Produced by Sarah Grun.